And then to kind of swing back into the darkness that you brought up before, you know, so when we're challenged in our belief system, I like to get curious about like, well, why, why, why is that challenging? And of course, anytime we delve into trauma, there's often something deep and dark and scary to look at. And this is true in the body too. So a lot of times I'll go into tissues and the body will start healing it and it'll hurt. It'll hurt a little bit. And it's really just the stagnation working its way out or whatever. I mean, I can... It's a healing response, basically. Right. But it is the darkness. Like there, there's a there's a darkness in the tissue that kind of needs to get expunged. And, and obviously, like, you know, anytime we open the door for true healing, we don't really know what we'll, we'll find there. I mean, I think what's behind the very prevalent responses that are happening right now around medicine don't, you know, how dare you, you're not a doctor. How dare you have an opinion about medicine? You need to trust the authorities, you know, go and that whole trauma, what's deep and dark there, you know, I think is whatever happened to you in your schooling system, you know, like whatever happened to you in your family, whatever happened to you, like there's a lot of darkness that is coming up for us to look at. And I think we can, we can trust the, we can trust our triggers to be bringing us healing, right? Like, like ultimately the root of it all is, do we live in a universe that is generous, right? Like, is it, is it, all here for our healing. And obviously that is like a trigger for a lot of people because they're having experiences that are painful. Well, and scary unfair. and unfair. And, yes. You know, racist and transgressive and, you know, every awful thing happens. <laughs> you know, it's, it's my belief that it's because we are loved that all of these things are happening, but it, there's, there's a lot to wade to before you, get to that revelation, right? Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. Today, I'm with Stella Eisenstein. Stella's a writer and intuitive body worker. Her work draws from her training in multiple modalities, including oriental medicine, esoteric acupuncture, orthobionomy, depth hypnosis, and integrative manual therapy. Before becoming a body worker, She worked in publishing in New York, mostly as a travel writer. Her first memoir, Star Sister, How I Changed My Name, Grew Wings, and Learned to Trust Intuition, was published in 2012. Her new memoir about healing from breast cancer, scoliosis, and autoimmune thyroid disease is currently being serialized at resonantattention.substack.com. Join me in welcoming Stella. Hi, Stella. Hi, sweetie. So good to see you again. I missed you. 
It's been days. <laughs> I know. It's good to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's so nice to have you just around the corner. I know. What a surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> you know, the way the universe works. Yeah. Uh, Stella and I have a, I don't, what would you even call what happened to us? It was a divine choreography. That's what I'll call it. Mm. Where the universe was like, go here. And I ended up, finding Stella, or Stella found me, I'm not sure what, but we ended up realizing that we have a ton in common. And we just actually finished a retreat together that we both did this past weekend. So I'm kind of joking when I say, I haven't seen you in so long, (laughs) Long I've missed you. (laughs) I know, I know. So Stella, we could start just about anywhere. But one of the things that I have loved in, in working with you is Just the deep curiosity that has started to come in as I realize that you have this whole way of being with the body that is so different from anybody I've ever worked with. And for our listeners, I heard about Stella through a friend of mine, and I ended up on Stella's table. And the first thing Stella said to me was, don't tell me anything, just lay on the table and let me talk to your body. And that is what she did. And what came out of her mouth then were all of the issues that were asking for healing in my body. That's my interpretation. Yeah. So uh, I think I developed my understanding of the body over many years through just working with it. But I've recently come to understand it a little bit more with my head as a quantum reality. Your body is an informational field that I can access, or anybody can access. It takes a certain amount of attention and discipline to train yourself to perceive in that way. But it is, I believe, available to anybody. We are all beings sharing this informational field together and all all it takes to get information from another person's body is first of all permission but secondly just then an openness to perceiving what's there i mean it could not be more simple i think i've always had a an interest in i don't know if it there goes the train i, I don't know if it's an, more of an interest in kind of root cause or just simplifying but yeah i I think healing is way, way, way more simple than we make it out to be. Yeah. Well, it brings up so, so much in when you say simple, because I think we have overcomplicated it. And there's also, you know, this, I I don't think a lot of people like remember, I, I won't say it's like they don't know, it's that they've forgotten, right? That we are all energy. And that we have this innate ability to come into communion or communication with our body. Yeah, there's been a big spell cast upon so many of us that tells us we have to, the only way we can fix our bodies is by going to a white coat. The only way that we can know what's going on with our body is by getting tests in some weird facility that gives us numbers back and only certain people can interpret those numbers and and they're always true and they're the full truth there's nothing else to be found <laughs> except through this 
kind of crazy methodology. I definitely uh, used to fall prey to that too. But I, I cured myself first by going to acupuncture school where we learn to perceive what's going on in somebody else's body through these subtle clues that the body tells us what the tongue looks like, how the pulses feel, what color the person's skin is, the color of their hair. I mean, just all kinds of just subtle clues that we put together to kind of form a picture of what might be going on in somebody else's body. And that was, you know, a huge revelation. It, it just changed everything the moment I was standing there in class and, and realized that Chinese medicine is, is a clinical medicine that relies on observation, you know, in many, in many modalities, meaning smell, touch, taste, hearing, all these, all these, but very human, this very human way of perceiving illness and also a very subtle way of perceiving illness where we can tell when somebody is out of balance, they're not sick yet, but they're out of balance and we can help bring them back into balance. So that was kind of where I started breaking away from that spell, the spell of kind of Western technological medicine, and then deepened into a more sort of more and more deepened into kind of an energetic and also trauma based understanding of the body. And and I spent many years really thinking about the trauma, how trauma gets lodged in our bodies, how we can dislodge it. uh, And, you know, trauma, not just as we think of it, you know, physical trauma, you know, or emotional trauma, but also past life trauma and spiritual trauma and belief, you know, belief, which can be, you know, from trauma, culture, you know, cultural trauma, traumas that are so deeply embedded in our psyches that we don't even see them. It's just part of how the world is created. And, and it's a fait accompli, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I think actually, our current view of, of the world right now, where of course, we have to rely on this one type of medicine because they know everything and that's all there is to know and there's nothing, like that's trauma. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, it's, you know, and yeah. so, and so then I took this like trauma model and I started working with it deeply in the body and realized that there's this really basic, well, you know, Peter Levine talks about it in his book. He wrote Waking the Tigers, what the seminal books of this whole trauma, the understanding of trauma, where he says basically it's a three-part process. You know, you you identify the trauma, you resonate with it, or you you kind of recreate the trauma, you recreate the vibration of the trauma so that you can renegotiate it. And then you have a space, safe space in which you can re- renegotiate. And then it just heals. And I realized that that's what we were doing with as body workers, we we're just going into the tissues, holding space, find recreating the trauma, holding space for it, and then the body kicks in and to heal it. And the classic example that I give about that is comes from osteopathy. There's a there's a technique called positional release where which is radically different than it's a it's a form of physical therapy, but it's flipped it's a flipped paradigm. So you go to a PT now and they pull and stretch and use force to keep your openness. But positional release does the exact opposite. You shorten the muscle fibers, you create ease and relaxation, and the fibers just kind of magically release. So it's this inherent reflex that we have for releasing trauma that lives in the body. And when I heard that, or when I learned that technique, I was like, hold on, 
everything is wrong. Everything is wrong about how we're perceiving healing. It's not, it's not something you have to force. It's not something you have to push. It's not something. In fact, whoever truly heals that way, mm. whoever truly heals that way, no, <laughs> if, if your child comes to you crying and you yell at them and tell them to go to their room, that does not help. <laughs> nope. You have to get like really basic, right? Right. You have to get down to their level. You have to witness them. Say, hey, I see. I, you have to witness. You have to say, hey, I see you. And then you lovingly hold space and they work it all out and then they're better. Yeah. I have the chills. Yeah. Because that's, that, that's the whole thing. Like that's what I teach in resonant attention is just simple. Pro- like, and every modality shares this pattern. It's not, I'm not teaching a form of body work. I'm teaching a principle of all healing which is witness, hold space, miracle. Yeah, witness, hold space, miracle. So for our listeners, I want to point back to something that I talk about often, which is how the Revelation Project originally started was through this shamanic photography that I was doing with women. And it was exactly this. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew it worked. And it was... Being with a woman, the pre-interview was literally all about understanding what's here now, what's here now, what's happening, where are you struggling, and getting really just intimate with what the, what the current struggle was, inviting her to basically come into a three-hour workshop where we just created this amazing safe space where she could fully show up. And then all we did was document, witness, hold space for her to be herself. And then what we experienced was a miracle. She then left the session. She never got to see the photographs until... They were kind of launched into the world where she was witnessing herself at the same time everybody else was witnessing her. And as she was experiencing herself, she was also experiencing the love from all of these other people, and she had a miraculous healing. And I kept thinking, like, what is this? What is this? What is happening? But I believe that this is this field that you're talking about, Stella. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's almost a nothing idea, because it is so something we are so familiar with. We are we like, you know, and Peter Levine gives that example that I just gave of the child, the mother with the child, we think that nothing happens there that children are just silly. And that's why they feel better after. No, they are, they are accessing the truth about healing, which is, all they need is to be witnessed and to be held space for and then they can heal themselves. Mm. So we're actually in touch with this every day, and it is a cross modality. So absolutely, when you are doing a photography session, and you're witnessing deeply that person, and you're being super specific about where they are, and what they, what their traumas have been, and what their challenges, and just being seen. So another example is um, this technology developed at Zeg, which is an intentional community in Germany and used at other intentional communities where they don't, they, these people live together, you know, and their, you know, drama comes up all the time. And rather than, they do this at Tamara too, which is how I'm familiar with it. And rather than, 
you know, facilitate all these head to head confrontations all the time. They just get everybody in a circle, let somebody come into the middle, they witness that person, that's it. That is the entire way that they manage all the drama that might come up between 40 or 100 individuals. That's it. Why does that work? Because the field can hold it. They, they get witnessed, everybody gets seen, held space for, they're allowed, they're allowed to have their experience, they're allowed to just be fully, you know, fully themselves. And then whatever the issue is just works its, its way out of the body. It is not a difficult thing. We, we are under the spell of this modality that tells us we have to buy healing solutions. Now, the reason it works, same reason, because you go to the doctor and they hear what your problem is and they give you this pill, which is essentially a form of holding space. Mm. I see you. This will heal you. And they take it into their body and they heal themselves, right? This is why placebo works. Right. Well, and it's also why prayer works. It's why prayer works. It's why all healing works. Yeah. And to some extent, you know, it's like, we're always becoming, we're always healing. Anyway, but you'll notice that we get, it's like we get stuck. And if we get stuck, if we just give that stuck place attention, it will move, you know, it'll transform itself and move on. Yes. The trick, of course, is giving ourselves the time and space and then actually getting super specific. Because sometimes it's really hard to know what the core issue is. We can't, it's in our subconscious, you know, we can't see it. There's different methods for uncovering what the actual trauma is. One of which I love is from the Core Light Foundation, which is this four square technique that a friend of mine teaches. Of course, we did some medicine work this past weekend, which for me, you know, uncovered trauma. I never would have seen mm-hmm. without the assistance of those being those divine beings, because they were just able to hold a bigger space for me. They were able to meet me in a way that you know I, th- I think is was you know carried an intelligence that transcended this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I'm having so many revelations as you're speaking, and. One of the things that may be coming up for listeners is in the context of, and Stella, obviously, it's like, oh, you know, my revelation is like, oh, did I think we weren't going to go here, you know, in terms of the context of what's happening in the world Mm. now? Because there's, so what comes up is like, we were, so I want to go back to something that we were saying about witnessing, because one of the biggest elements I think of making that space work is there's kind of this idea that we're all creative, resourceful, and whole, even in our brokenness, Mm -hmm. even in our illness. And so it's almost like there's nothing to fix. There's an energy of like, it all gets to belong here. That when that is witnessed, when we create that kind of container where there is no judgment, where there is no criticism, where there is no, this thing needs to go here and this thing needs to go here, that's when the miracles show up. Yeah. Let me just go into this for a second because it's really super important to what I teach anyway. I, you know, I do these resident attention classes and i teaching about how to, how to do this. And this part is the hardest part and the most important part. So I talk about it as how to get out of the way or I talk about it as 
stand in the place of the ancestor or hold space, right? These are all sort of the same idea, but, or sit behind yourself. So when I have somebody on the table, I will, I basically ask their body, how, what do you need? What do you need attention on? And their body will usually bring me to one place. Sometimes I can do as I did with you, where I can kind of catalog what's going on and then, and then help the body can kind of help me decide, but often it'll just be like, no, 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 got to do this first. So I go to wherever it is. And then I hold attention there with one part of my brain and the other part of my brain is literally sitting behind myself. So in order to create that allowance, I mean, when I first started doing it, I literally like Ursula Hoffer, yeah, it was Ursula Hoffer, my orthobionomy teacher, just said, just sit back a little bit more, just sit behind yourself a little bit more, just imagine that you're sitting behind yourself. And whatever, I guess, because maybe I was doing Qigong, it wasn't that hard for me to do that. And I just noticed that it initiated this energetic that I've, I, I like to imagine, maybe initiate some sort of toroidal field, or maybe a vacuum, where it allows some sort of energy to come in. But at one point, I, I talked to Orland Bishop, the a man who brokered a peace between the Crips and the Bloods in South Central. Beautiful, amazing being who I was privileged to talk with for about four hours one day, and I just grilled him with everything I could think of. And I said, what's happening when I do that? And he said, you're sitting in the place of the ancestors. When you sit behind yourself, you allow their wisdom to come through you. And that's how he does healing too. And I was so moved by that answer. And I you know, honor the truth in it. A friend of ours recently said maybe it's tachyonic energy, that this is the energy of possibility, where all possibility is still available. And I'm just getting out of the way and allowing this to come down undifferentiated into the person's field. That answer, I'm allowing all these answers because I don't know, but that answer speaks to me from the point of view of my process in getting better and better at allowing that kind of healing or being more agile with those energetics or whatever it is. It was very hard for me when I started to do this to get out of the way because I really wanted the person to get better or I really wanted myself to get better. I really wanted my kid to get better. I really wanted my husband to get better. And I couldn't get out of, I couldn't allow anything to be the outcome. I couldn't allow them to leave unhealed, you know, or I couldn't allow them to die ultimately. And, or like, it was really, it was like in the beginning, you know, cause it's like you're opening a business, you got your shingle out, you open your business, like you want people to leave healed. That's what you're there for. But until I made peace with, I don't know what this person's healing is. I don't know what their best outcome is. I don't know what their soul needs. Once I made peace with, they could be coming here to get confirmed in the idea that they will always be sick. <laughs> Forevermore, they'll be sick. And this one couldn't help me either. And that could be the most beautiful thing that person needs. Until I got okay with that, I couldn't, I couldn't really help. I couldn't create the energetics that allows for a miracle. I, I'm, it's like, it's, it's profound. Profound. It's profound. And I, I really came 
that came again as a deep lesson when I had cancer. You know, I would sit there on the bed for hours on end with my hands on my body trying, my liver was shut, shutting down and I couldn't, you know, it was like, get out of the way, Stella. And I was like, I can't, I, I'm going to start crying. It's okay. But I was like, I can't get out of the way. I have a kid. Like, yeah, I can't leave him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I like spent, I spent like three weeks just like going through every permutation. Like, who would I, who would he go to? Like, who would my sister take him? Would my sister-in-law take him? Where would he be? You know, like, what would his life be like? And I went, I just, I just went through every possible permutation until I finally came to, I don't know. I don't know what this kid needs. Mm. I don't know if he wouldn't be better served by me being here or not being here. I don't know. Oh, 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 yeah. It was so hard. Wow. It was so hard to get there. But I, you know, I got there and I was like, okay, universe, I'm in your hands. You just do with me whatever you will. I don't know. And uh, yeah, that was like, within a couple of hours of seriously making peace with that, my liver jumped back into life. Oh, it went clunk and it, everything started moving again. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, God, there's so much coming up in me too, as you, as you talk about that example, especially. Because I resonate with it, you know, like, it's those places that you would never dare to go until you literally have no other option but to consider when you, and especially like I'm thinking, like as it relates to healing, my children were the catalyst for my healing. It was literally like I wasn't going to be able to do for myself mm-hmm. what my love for them allowed me to do for myself, right? And, yeah. and we keep using this word allow. And I want to point to this word allow because for me, it's a deeply feminine energy. Mm, oh yeah me too yeah and which again is very interesting when you look at the context of what's going on in our very patriarchal world yep i know let's inject people with let's inject everybody let's stick something into their body. how do you not see that as patriarchal right right L- like the literal <laughs> penetration yes let's let's penetrate everybody and not only that let's penetrate them multiple times over and over and over and over let's force their immune systems to get better when allowed i call it allowed technology so with allowed technology you know it's the body you know it's like what what is the wisdom of the body or it's head versus body right like a friend who talks about healing as idea with meditation as a holocratic uh, shift. So we move from hierarchical head down, you know, brain sending out, you know, hormones and, and messengers telling the body what to do. We shut that off. This is, he's describing what happens when you do Vipassana meditation. You shut that off and you just pay attention very gently to wherever it is in your body that it hurts. And it's no longer receiving this information from the brain. And because your brain is just kind of humming back here going like, la, 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 I'm not paying attention, or I am paying attention, but very, I'm not fixing, I'm not fixing. And then the tissues, the local tissues can uptake their own healing. And of course, they know what to do. This is the holocratic model of, of business, but it's also, I think, 
resonant for the as a metaphor for the body. And I, I think this is, I mean, I certainly feel this happening all the time. I put attention in somebody in a part of somebody's body and I feel the tissues start to dump toxins and uptake nutrients and start to repair themselves. And they're like, oh, great. You want us to do that? Great. We know exactly what to do. And they just go to work. I mean, it's amazing. The, 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 I, I had to tell one really good example of this, which I is in my memoir and I talk about it all the time because it was like, amazing. And it happens all the time. I, miracles happen all the time in my clinic. And they're not miracles if you understand the body as as a reflection of consciousness. But if you're really stuck in the idea of the body as a meat thing, <laughs> like a linear uh, like a linear meat body, then it doesn't make as much sense. But anyway, the example is, you know, the patient came, her foot was mangled and the doctors were waiting to see if they needed to pin it in surgery and see how well it healed. And she came to me and I went in there and the, the vessel was, there was a vessel in her toe that was still very much bleeding. It was torn and bleeding. This is the beauty of, so a lot of, I don't even know if I actually mentioned integrative manual therapy is one of the therapies that I, that I learned, but it was developed by Sharon G. Mateo. It's an amazing modality and a lot of, a lot of what I understood really clicked in when I discovered their work and you can still you can get classes in it. And it's just highly recommend anybody that's interested in my work to go look there too. So, and the, one of the, so one of the gifts of IMT is that they, they don't hold back from the belief that they can perceive into tissues that otherwise we think we kind of can't access like mm -hmm. vessels, you know, bone, we can heal bone. We can heal the brain like these from, uh, from the other modality are just mind boggling. But anyway, so go into her vessel. And I just hold space there and attention and it healed. It healed it. I could feel it underneath my fingertips just healing right up so much so that the bone shifted. There were like six people in the room and they all gasped mm -hmm. because the bone shifted into place as we were watching. Wow. Yes. And it's like, remember that? Remember that TV show where it's like the girl was broke, you know, would like jump off buildings and then get up and just sort of yes. what put was herself that? back I together. Don't know, I don't remember. I remember. But, yeah, it was, and uh, that was that's what you can do. That's actually you can do that. <laughs> the body can do that. I know. I remember you were talking about you were talking about something this past weekend, and it had to do with an injury. I think it was an arm injury or something, or a broken arm. And that particular person actually bringing attention to their arm and what I want to point out and getting out of the way. And what I want to point out to the listeners is because we talk about embodiment all the time and how important it is to stay. Because one of the things that happens when we get hurt is we disassociate, we leave. That's right. We leave ourselves, we abandon ourselves is what we do. And that happens when we get any kind of trauma, we tend to disassociate versus come in closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And bring our attention to it, knowing that we can actually communicate with our body and bring our attention to where, I mean, this is so metaphorical, right? Because I talk all the time about how to be with ourselves in our darkest, 
emotional places and how to do and and it's the same thing, right? The same thing. It's the yep. same thing is like don't abandon yourself in your woundedness, whether it's a physical wound or a spiritual wound or a mental trauma. Yeah. To not abandon yourself to stay and to allow are the two words that are really coming up for me right now because there's a way that when we can't witness and bring compassion to our own selves in our own wounding and we seek out there for the healer, we then give our power away to the outside world, which then defines us, frankly. Yeah, yeah, totally. The main point that I'm trying to make teaching these resonant attention classes is that, because I think we sort of well know that, or there's a lot of therapists out there that work with trauma and kind of know that we can heal trauma, we can heal intergenerational trauma, and we can heal emotional trauma, but we don't exactly understand that we can heal the body this way too. We could change medicine. We could have people healing themselves. We could certainly have clinics where you know, there are healers that are work. you know, like, there are some, but yeah, this whole model, like of just, <laughs> you get broken, you get it plastered, and then, you, you know, it'll fix itself. Like, no, actually, we could speed up that healing, probably a hundredfold by going into the trauma, paying attention with specificity, getting out of the way. And, you know, like, and miracle, like, then, it can heal instantaneously. Like it, it really, it's a, you can go into the brain tissue and pay attention. If you know anatomy really well, pay attention to a specific part of the brain. Like I'm always going to, our limbic systems are fried, especially right now. You go into the limbic system and you hold space there and it starts to unwind and, or, you know, there's a tear in the dura outside of, yeah, there's a tear in the dura giving you migraines. You hold space on it. It heals and you never have a migraine again. You don't need to do surgery for that. You can do that with attention. We are made of information. We're made of light. We are energetic beings. So it's a radical rethinking of, and I, you know, what's happening right now in the world. I'm so frustrated because I, I know that it's so close. Right. And so many people are kind of doing this work not realizing that's what they're doing, having layers of belief that kind of limit what they have access to. It's like, no, 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 just where consciousness, we can heal ourselves. Yes. And again, I want to say for all of us here that this is the Revelation Project. So I, I just want to say that what we're up to here is looking through different lenses and perspectives and getting out of our comfort zone, which is the zone of revelation where we can have where revelations can occur. Okay. And, and so I like to say, sometimes to reassure myself and my listeners, especially if I'm getting tight around a certain belief, it all gets to belong, right? Like it all gets to belong as a possibility. And when we don't allow for other viewpoints, other perspectives, other experiences, what we end up doing is more of the same, mm -hmm. which isn't helping anything. <laughs> and then to kind of swing back into the darkness that you brought up before, you know, so when we're challenged in our belief system, 
I like to get curious about like, well, why, why, why is that challenging? And of course, anytime we delve into trauma, there's often something deep and dark and scary to look at. And this is true in the body too. So a lot of times I'll go into tissues and the body will start healing it and it'll hurt. It'll hurt a little bit. And it's really just the stagnation working its way out or whatever. I mean, I can... It's a healing response, basically. Right. But it is the darkness. Like there, there's, a, there's a darkness in the tissue that kind of needs to get expunged. And, and obviously, like, you know, anytime we open the door for true healing, we don't really know what we'll, we'll find there. I mean, I think what's behind the very prevalent responses that are happening right now around medicine don't you know how dare you you're not a doctor how dare you have an opinion about medicine you need to trust the authorities you know go and that whole trauma that what's deep and dark there you know i think is whatever happened to you in your schooling system you know like whatever happened to you in your family whatever happened to you like there's a lot of darkness that is coming up for us to look at and I think we can we can trust the we can trust our triggers to be bringing us healing, right? Yes. Like like ultimately the root of it all is do we live in a universe that is generous, right? Like is it is it all here for our healing? And obviously that is like a trigger for a lot of people because they're having experiences that are painful. Well, and scary unfair. and unfair, and, yes. You know, racist and transgressive and you know every awful thing happens <laughs> you know it's it's my belief that it's because we are loved that all of these things are happening but it there's there's a lot to wade to before you get to the, the, that revelation right right and i want to i want actually you to say more about that and so just like the, the example yeah so the example of my cancer is a good one, right? Like what could possibly be good about getting cancer from the way we think about it in the Western world? You know, like a child alone without his mother, that's absurd to think that it, that could be, there could be a gift there. But when I went into it and I really deeply explored, like, well, what are all the implications of it? What would be, what, what am I scared of? What am I scared of for him? What is, you know, just every, and like, that's a deep, dark nugget. And, uh, but it was the doorway to my healing, right? Like it was the, it was the it was disguised, I needed to, it, yeah, it was the like the dark gift. night. Yep. And I have all, I have consistently found that all the time, you know, every healing I've ever done, right? I was in chronic pain in my twenties. By the time I was 20 years old, I couldn't walk across the street without pain. And I'm now 50 and I have no pain in my body. And it's not from avoiding the darkness. No. It's not from avoiding all the, like, what if I took responsibility for that boy doing that thing to me? Like, what if I took responsibility for the way my dad was with me? What if I took responsibility? Or like, just curiosity. Like, what if, what if? Right. And I went into all those corners and I cleaned out all those cobwebs. That's how I got here. And I think what you're pointing to is it, then it opens the field of possibility. And this is this, you know, field that our friend was talking about earlier the toroidal field is that what we mm. were saying and and what i want to also point to here is that 
when Stella said earlier, you know, it, it's because we're loved so much, that's what I want you to talk a little bit more about, Stella. And then before we go too far, I want to talk about fear and its role in what's going on. So I want you to talk more about like all of these things are happening to us because the universe loves us so much, because that's a really triggering comment. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you to say more like I fully understand that now. And I want to say it's not our fault what happened to us, but it is our, our responsibility is our healing or our healing is our responsibility. So I want to really be clear about that, too, because you know, if you're somebody who was sexually molested, sexually assaulted, it's not your fault what happened to you. Your healing, though, is your responsibility. So I want to, I just want to put that out there. Yeah. And, you know, and also, I think the other issue is that we're kind of looking at there's what happens to us as a collective, like what happens in society and responsibility in society and that whole level of things. And then there's sort of individual, like, what's your experience and how do you, how do you manage it and continue to maintain hope and openness and joy? So the, there's other levels of this too, but my, my, I've had many breakthroughs on this issue of, am I, you know, what am I responsible for? Or like, what am I, how does the world, is the universe generous? And, and all I can really do is share experiences that I've had because I can't know, I can't even know, I've sort of considered this, like I can't even know that what's true for me is true for you. Like maybe people out there, and I, like I, I'm totally willing to allow that. Maybe people out there are working with a completely different modality and what do I know? I don't, let me, that's like, all I can share is for myself I have just consistently found the ground underneath every experience that I've had to be this unending well of love that of my mother, you know, my like guy, guy, the guy in energy, the field that we live in, it's love. It's a field of love. That's what I just find over and over and over again. So my most recent experience with that was just recently, let me give you an earlier one. And I'll just talk about you know, sexual trauma, or because so, so many women have had sexual trauma. And of course, you know, how are we responsible for sexual trauma? We're not, it's that's not the point. The point is that if, if when you've had sexual trauma, it can be really a beautiful exercise, a cleansing exercise to ask, how did it serve me? Mm -hmm. Even like without taking on without taking on at all responsibility for it happening to you. It did happen to you. And so how do you work with that? That's there for you. If I were, right, it's just a, it's just an extra, it's just a healing exercise. It's just a creating space for another way. It's a way to clean your body. Yeah, it's a way to resolve trauma in your body. And so I just, you know, get curious with it and say, if I, if I was responsible for this, how did it serve me? So my horrible first sexual, not my first sexual relationship, but my, a big love of my younger life, you know, treated me pretty badly. And he, how was I creating that? How was I, how did it serve me to have that experience? And we're always looking for, I'm always looking for the clinical response. So, you know, it's like you come up with all these answers, how it might, one of them will 
resonate in your body. One of them is a key that unlocks the door. So often it's a word. There's a really great book called Focusing by Eugene Ganlin. It was a it was a bestseller in like the 70s. We've known this stuff forever, but we don't really apply it. But <laughs> when you find the word, like when you find the, so it allowed me to feel disgusting or it allowed me to feel unworthy or it allowed me to know that I'm worthless. Like whatever the word is, you'll feel it. Ugh. Ouch. Mm. You'll feel it land in your body in a way that that matches the trauma. So this is why specificity is so key because there's, you know, recently I found this word disgusting. Or, it is this, you know, that is disgusting. This is my father. Mm-hmm. You're disgusting. <laughs> it's like Spanish. And it was like, it's like with that accent. <laughs> right. That, that holds a certain vibration, right? With that accent that matches your experience of it. Yep. Because that was the word that got lodged so deeply in there, right? That I had to like, I had to prove that to myself over and over. I'm disgusting. Mm. You know, like, I'm just disgusting like that. And it, it was like, once I found that word, because it was hidden, you know, there was no, I wasn't, but it was like, once I found that word, it was like, oh, yeah, there it is. And then I pulled it out. And I was like, oh, how am I disgusting? How have I manifested disgusting in my life? How is because it's not, it's not like some twisted part of my brain that wants me to believe that I'm disgusting, right? It's trauma lodged in my body. So unless I take Unless I get curious about it, how am I going to get it out? Yes. Right? Unless I find that word, you know, this deep-seated belief that my subconscious is holding on to saying, am I disgusting? I don't think I'm disgusting. I'm just a beautiful creation of God. Like, how am I disgusting? It's so deeply disturbing to the subconscious that it's asking all the time, am I? Am I? And it's wanting to prove, disprove it, right? Like, it's wanting to get it pull it out into your conscious so we can say, no, 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 you're not disgusting. That word got lodged in your body when your father did that thing, you know, or said that thing to you. It's okay. And then the inner child can release, release and relax and say, oh, I've, I've been seen. I'm not disgusting, you know, and then, and then we're free. And then we're free. We're free of needing to create that all, all the time for ourselves. Right. And recreate it and recreate it and recreate it. Yep. It's really fascinating. It's like that unanswerable question that is like, you know, I've experienced them as the true ghosts, right? That haunt us. Yeah. It's like waiting. I I had this experience once of having this revelation during an event where I took my daughter to a concert. And the way that I was being with myself and the way that my family was being with me was mm. so loving about my own human mess, my own mistake that I had made, mm. that it created an opening that allowed me to remember every time I've ever felt like that. And every ghost, every memory that held that vibration came to me. That's right. And I was able to bless and release all of those ghosts in in a drive home from, you know, missing a concert in Boston, like basically right. because I, you know, arrogantly assumed something. 
That's exactly right. Then had me face all of these ways that I had been arrogant in my life. But without fighting it, I just allowed it and everybody else allowed it. And then suddenly I had these memories that I had never had before, but they were definitely there because the tears were coming. And so it was this like profound experience of healing in this one and a half hour car ride as I just loved myself. Yes. That's beautiful. And so we kind of have opened up a little bit of a Pandora's box, which I brag is amazing. And I'm so happy that we did because I want to have you back for multiple conversations, Stella. But one of the things that I want to do in kind of the last few minutes of our call here is just talk about fear and the role it's playing in so much of how we experience the medicalized world right now, let's say, and all of the ways in which we are being kind of taken right on a ride. Like when I think about, first of all, all of the ways we give our power away, we give our power away spiritually. Like I've talked about that a lot. We've like, for those of us that have raised in a religion, and especially as a woman, I was taught, you know, that I was unworthy from day one, basically that I was responsible for the downfall of humanity and all that narrative and Eve and the Garden of Eden, you know, took that all on, right? And so many women did. And also that I needed an intermediary to speak to the divine versus that the divine is inside of me and I don't need anyone to talk to the divine. So same like my father was a doctor, right? I saw how people idolized and bowed and like his word was gold. And yet the human I saw behind closed doors was a fallible, you know, alcoholic, like human being that is has is in the human mass. And 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 the sacred and is he was broken and brilliant, right? Like, these things get to stand together. So I really wanted to just finish our conversation on just what is fear all about? And what is it doing to us when it comes to our health? Uh, Well, that's a (laughs) <laughs> Come on, two minutes, go. I know. Thanks, Monica. <laughs> You're welcome. And and more to be revealed, audience, right? Because Stella's <laughs> going to come back and talk more about this. But just, just a nugget, Stella. Just a nugget. A little nugget about fear. Well, I mean, I think that we're really going through a deep initiation around fear and that our task is to sit with it and be with it and allow whatever it emerges from it to come up and be welcome at the table so that we can co-resonate with whatever it is and release it. Like, I mean, I think Gaia has had this beautiful initiation into a different phase, whatever that is, and it's bringing up fear. I mean, I I think there's also a transition away from the Western medical paradigm being so dominant. I mean, I think that it's been, its moorings have been eaten away slowly by slowly by the efficacy of alternative modalities, our understanding about trauma, certain scientists, there are certainly physicists and scientists that are rewriting our understanding of the reality that we find ourselves in. And all of that is unmooring the pillars on which Western medicine stood. And it's terrifying. Daddy's going away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daddy's going away. And all of our inner childs are freaking out. <laughs> Right, like who's who's gonna hold it together now? Who's gonna who's gonna fix me? Who's gonna take care of me? Who's gonna you know? 
and, and, you know, we'll do, we'll make any bargain to keep them there because even turning our immune systems, giving our immune systems over, over to the mob, to the mafia, like we'll do that if daddy will promise to stay, we'll do anything to make daddy stay. That's what's, so, I mean, you know, I think if your fear is an ally that, that precedes the dark revelation, you know, like, like what is really behind there? What is our inner child really, really calling out to be held around? That's my little short answer. That's your, that's <laughs> your golden nugget. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, fear is like, I've had this incredible relationship with fear that, that really has just beaten my butt. Like I've been scared of everything. Thing <laughs> you know, like I've been scared of stuff that goes down in this world. I've been confirmed in that fear over and over again. You know, stuff that goes on in other realms. Like I'm a terrified, I'm a terrified little individual, and I I face that fear all the time. Even to do my cold plunging thing, like every morning, I'm like, really, you're gonna get in there? <laughs> I'm like, yep, I'm a, I am. I <laughs> am just gonna do it. I'm just looking. I'm opening the curtain. Just keep opening the curtain. Just get curious. And as long as, you know, as long as you're in a safe space and you're held and there's people around you that know what you're doing and know that you might need support in looking at your fears, even if you don't have that guy, it probably is, will be there for you. But. Right. It's what I'm hearing you say too, is it's not about eradicating fear. It's about being with it. It's about witnessing it. It's about seeing fear as an ally or a disguised gift to get closer to you know one of the books one of my absolute favorite go-to books is the language of emotion by carla mclaren and she mm -hmm. talks about fear as being always true for one thing always true that was profound for me it's always true it's always telling alerting you to a danger in your field yeah now it might be alerting you to the danger that your ego might be dying soon. Right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's that. But it's always worth listening to and it's always worth honoring. Fear never comes as something other than divine wisdom. It always is, it always has a spark of divine wisdom in it. It is always now, but you can perseverate on your fear past its usefulness. Right. And I love the word persever because I was thinking too, like fear can tend to separate us, can make us disassociate, or it can tend to separate us from that inner knowing, that that divinity within us where we actually hold our own answers and can stay in our fear and be with our fear and witness our fear and heal our fear, right? Or, right, there's different functions and there's different ways of being with. And then there's also, of course, legitimate fears that are telling us like, get the hell out of here, right? now. Yeah. Right? So that, that's very useful. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have a whole nother discussion on that. But Della, you know that I adore you. I adore you too. In, in all ways. And I just, um, you are such a gift. You're such a gift to me. You're such a gift to everyone who meets you. Aww. You're such a gift to the world. And so I can't wait to continue our conversation. For our guests, I would love to know if if they have, you know, questions, if you want to find Stella, check out the show notes. And until next time, more to be revealed. Thanks so much, Monica. Thanks, Stella. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.